So today is Vision Sunday. We do this twice a year. We have for a, a few years now. And I want to, so, so if you're a visitor here today, maybe this is your first or second time at the church, um, I just want you to know this is not one of our normal services, uh, as you will already have gathered, if you were in on time, when Drake was up earlier on, um, the, uh, those who are official members of the church uh, had to fill out the, their cards, because this is also our AGM, and um, at this, we share something about the vision of this church. Um, you know, every human being is equally valuable to God, and yet every human being is unique and created different from every other human being. And churches are the same. So every church is loved by God and is equally valuable to God, whether it's large or small, whether it's liturgical or traditional or contemporary or whatever it may be, whether it's in China or in Canada, whether it's in 2019 or whether it was a thousand years ago, every church is a reflection of the wider body of Christ and is equally loved by God, yet every church, like every individual, is unique and has been created differently, just like every individual has different gifts and talents and abilities and personality style within them. So every church has all that. It has a different collection of people. Therefore, it has a different collection of gifts and talents and abilities and a unique personality all of its own. And so on these Vision Sunday services, we want to talk about how we feel God is leading this church in its unique journey doesn't mean we're better than any other churches, although to be honest, this is the best church I've ever been a part of in my life. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of churches, I can tell you. And so, um, it doesn't mean that we're better than anybody else, it just means that we're unique, just like they're unique. I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, but I'm unique and there's only one of me in the world, thank God, some people maybe said. And there's only one of you in the world too. Now, what I'm going to do is I've, got, I'm, I've broken this message. This is my ministry report, if you like. This is where I'm sharing about the vision of the church and how far we've come and how far we've got to go. And so I've broken this message down into three parts. The first part, I want to share a little bit about what our vision actually is. Because I realize that the last couple of Vision Sundays, we've just gone ahead with how much we've achieved and how much we've still to achieve. And we haven't spent time explaining afresh what our vision actually is. And I know that we have new people being added to the church all the time. So the first part, I want to explain what that is. Then I have a little video that I want to show you. Then I'm going to spend a few minutes sharing how far we've come since last time, and what our goals are, what we need to achieve between now and our next Vision Sunday. And then I have a second little short video to show you as well. And then I'm coming back out again to talk about our vision offering, because on our Vision Sundays, twice a year, we ask for a special offering that we call our vision offering. This is um, you know, when, when we set our annual budget, um, that annual budget is to make sure that we are able to, like, turn the lights on in here, pay our bills, make sure that the church continues to tick along and continues to function. And that takes a lot of money. I should have probably asked, you know, one of the one of the board members or the bookkeeper or something before it, but if I recall right, it's something like, we need something like $12,000 a week just to pay all the bills in this place and keep the lights turned on and make sure that, that the doors aren't locked and the building hasn't been repossessed when you turn up on a Sunday morning. Our vision offering is over and above that. 
And so I'm going to be talking about that at the end, but I want to just mention it just now for two reasons. Number one, I don't want to get to the end and then just suddenly spring it on you and surprise you. I know for the last three weeks we've been saying, we want you all to prayerfully consider what your contribution for the vision offering will be. But I also know human nature enough to know that lots of you have not prayerfully considered that yet. So start doing it right now, okay? I'm reminding you so that I don't spring it on you at the end. And um, secondly, the reason I want to mention it right now is because I want to say this. Now, some of you might find this hard to believe because any time that we ask for a big offering here at Gateway, I'm the one to do it. So you might not know this, but the staff will tell you that this is true. I absolutely hate asking for money. Like, I hate it. Why it's always me up here, I don't know, because I hate doing it. And there's two things I hate talking about publicly, and I'm going to talk about them both today. One of them is money. And I think the reason for that is because both of these things can be misunderstood so much and maybe the, re- maybe the reason they get misunderstood or people can begin to question your motives when you ask for money and things like that, maybe it's because there are people that abuse those things, you know? And anytime I'm standing asking for money, it is so uncomfortable because I feel like a tele-evangelist, you know? Send me your money for my new private jet, and I will send you a little bottle of miracle workings holy water from the River Jordan. You know that deal? That, have you ever seen those deals on TV? I've seen them. Well, I decided yesterday, I just need to get over myself with that for a number of reasons. Number one, I'm not a tele-evangelist. I'm not buying a private jet. You're not getting any miracle water, and none of the money's coming to me personally, okay? So I need to go over that. And secondly, because this is not, I'm not asking you for money. Like, this is not my church. This is not my organization that I'm asking you to fund. I'm just a member of this church the way you are. This is not my church. This is God's church and our church. It is our community. It is as much your community of faith as it is mine. We all just have different roles in this church. Your role might be serving in the children's ministry or serving coffees, and my role just happens to be the big mouth that stands up here on the platform. I've just got a different role. I don't own this church. I'm just a member of this church. It's not my church. It's our church. And all I'm saying is, hey, family, can we all get together and make sure that our church is funded the way it needs to be? Because it's not just going to help me. It's going to help you. It's going to help your family. It's going to help all the friends you've got that you will invite to this church. Let's make sure that our spiritual home is as taken care of as our natural homes are. You wouldn't just let everything fall to rack and ruin in your natural house, and so we're not going to do that here as well. So when I get to the offering part, I am not going to apologize for it. I am going to speak boldly and confidently. Okay, so that's my, this is my disclaimer now, so I don't need to apologize later on. So the three things I said I was going to share. The first thing is this, the 2020 vision It says here, a five-year plan to take Gateway to the next level. And we call it the 2020 vision because it takes us to the end of the year 2020. Or that's one of the reasons we call it that. Another reason we called it 2020 vision was because 2020 vision is perfect vision. Where you're able to read things long distance and also close up. And you don't have to, like, take your iPad and enlarge it, like, you know that? (laughs) Sometimes you have to do that up here. It's not my age, it's the spotlights. I blame it on the spotlights. (laughs) You don't need to do that with 2020 vision. And this was a vision that was going to give us long-term vision. It was a five-year plan, but it was also giving us nearsightedness as well, short-term vision, where there were steps for each year of that plan so that we knew what the next thing 
was we were going to do. So I want to talk about what our vision is, what this 2020 vision is. There's three main parts to it, and I want to just share them. It's going to be a refresher for some of you, and it might be some new information for other ones. So basically, a vision statement is supposed to tell you three things. Who we are, where we're going, and how to join us. Okay, so let's look at these. Number one, who we are. What kind of church do we want to be? What are we all about? Well, we've chosen as our slogan, if you like, or mission statement, or whatever you want to call it, a cultural description, a verse from the Bible where Jesus was asked, what laws, what religious laws are the most important laws? And Jesus said this, The most important law is to love God with your whole being. And secondly, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus said, if you fulfill that, you fulfill the whole word of God. So that verse is fantastic for boiling it down to what we're all about. Love God with your whole being and love others as you love yourself. So you could say that the Beatles were on the right track when they sang, all you need is love. That's what it's all about. It's about love. It's about God's love. God's love revealed to us in Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And it's about our response to God's love. So that verse, love God with your whole being and love others as you love yourself, we've boiled it down into three easy to remember statements. Love God, love people, and love life. We've called it love life because, again, some people would struggle with the language if we said, love God, love people, love yourself. I mean, that's actually what Jesus said. Love other people as you love yourself. If you don't even like yourself, if you don't like the unique way that God has created you, then you're going, to have a tr- you're going to have difficulty liking other people. If you are so caught up in all your own faults and feelings, you'll become caught up with others. But when people become emotionally healthy, when they realize that God loves them just the way they are, whether they change or not, He loves them, and it's His love that will motivate them to change, then we tend to love other people. When we realize that God loves us unconditionally and we can accept ourselves, then we tend to love other people unconditionally. You know we're created in the image and likeness of God. You tend to be like, you tend to become like the image of God that you have. If your image is that God is an angry, judgmental God, you tend to become an angry, judgmental person. But when you realize that God is love and He loves and accepts you just the way you are, and the only thing that's going to change you into an even better person, into the right person, into the person you were created to be, into a new creation, is the transforming power of God's love, then you will begin to accept other people. So we say love God, love people, and love life. Because we don't want to be one of these churches where we're always criticizing life, we're always preaching against the world out there, we're always telling you that you shouldn't have hobbies and you shouldn't be focused on a career, you you should be giving everything to God and you should be a spiritual wackadoodle person that can so heavenly minded or no earthly good. We're not one of these churches. We say that God created you and he created this world and he gave you the gift of life, not so that you can be a misery guts through life, but so that you can love life, so that you can enjoy life, so that you can discover how faith in God can enhance your life. So let's say those three words together. Ready? Let's say it. Love God, love people, love life. That is the kind of church we want to be more and more of. And I believe that we are like that. One of the stories that we hear a lot when people come start coming to Gateway is that they say, I felt felt like 
I'd arrived home. I felt like I'd discovered my family. I couldn't believe how loving and accepting everybody was of me. I believe that God is doing something special in our church, and we just want to fan the flames of it, and we want more of it, Lord. Let us get a bigger revelation of your love. Let us express our our love back to you even more. Let us begin to show people love in practical ways. Let us begin to really thrive in our lives because they're a gift that you gave us. So that's who we are. Where are we going? What is it this five-year plan that we're talking about that we've got less than two years to go? Well, the second thing is, here's where we're going. Um, By the end of 2020 AD, we believe that we will be a church of around a thousand people gathering publicly each Sunday and meeting as 20 groups of 20 people. And in both of these things, whether it's our public gatherings or whether it's our our communities of 20 or so people, that's a place where we want to teach God's Word, but in a way that is helpful and life-enhancing. And we base this on Acts 20.20 where the Apostle Paul says, I taught you all that was helpful. I have sat through some church services before that were very unhelpful, honestly. And um, I I just think if you're going to get up, wake your kids up, have a shower, get breakfast, brush your teeth, get in a car, and drive here before 10.30 a.m. and arrive on time to the service then if you're going to go to all that effort, surely you want what you hear to be helpful to your life. I taught you what was helpful, and in two venues, both publicly and in homes. Now, I said that there are two things I I don't like talking about. One of them was money, and the other one is numbers like this, because again, it's something that can be misunderstood. Sometimes I hear people saying things like, well, the It's one thing setting goals for a business, but the church is not a business. You shouldn't set goals. It should just be whatever God wants to happen at it will happen. If he wants to send people, he'll send them. If he doesn't, he won't, kind of thing. Let me just explain this, and I'll only be able to do it in two sentences, really. If you were at Equip on Wednesday night, I talked about this more fully. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, a wise man plans ahead, a fool doesn't, and even brags about it. I think when people say, we shouldn't make any plans for our churches, we should just drift along aimlessly like a cork on the ocean, bobbing about wherever the current takes us, I'm sorry, but I think that's a fool bragging about the fact they haven't made any plans. Because a wise man plans ahead. And when you have a family, when you have some children, and they're tiny little babies, and they've got little nurseries for bedrooms, and they've got those little tiny Ikea beds, you know these little kiddie beds? You can pull them out and make them grow a little bit, you know? That's okay when your kids are small. But once they're big, hairy teenagers, if you've still got them in that little Ikea bed with a mobile airplanes flying around above them, like surely you, you didn't just wake up one day and were surprised when a big, hairy teenager came upstairs for breakfast. Where did you come from? We better get to work and remodel your bedroom. No, a wise man plans ahead for the growth that is happening in his family. And God is doing something wonderful in this church, and people are coming to faith in Christ regularly here, and we need to be wise and plan ahead. And so we know that, um, probably, we know by gauging things, and seeing the growth that we have, we know how many people that we need to plan ahead for within the next couple of years. We know how many communities that we, we will need because about half of half the people are usually at any given time part of a community. 
And so let me explain these numbers a little bit. A thousand people doesn't mean a thousand people are here every week. We have, we reckon that there are about, maybe about 750 people who are part of our Gateway family. We don't have that many people here every week. Some people only come occasionally. Some people come once a month. Some people come twice a month. And the real fanatics are here every single time the doors are open. Like that down there. And, um, and you know, that is biblical. Jesus had big multitudes. Then he had a smaller group of 72 people. Then he had an even smaller group, like his staff of 12. And so there were these, there were these different. So we have about, I think, about 550 people here on an average Sunday. But we have more than that. And so by the end of 2020, we reckon the way the church is growing and the number of people that are coming to Christ and the number of people who are being baptized, which we'll show you later on, we reckon that there'll be about 750 people on an average Sunday by the end of next year, which will involve two services, which will involve more volunteers, which will mean that by Christmas, you know, by the end of next year, we will probably have about 1,000 people here. We need to plan ahead so that when people come here, they don't feel like it's a party they've not been invited to. Oh, all the, everything's taken. There's no room for new people. There are no new seats for new people. All the groups are full. No, we want people to know you are welcome and you can come and be a part of this church and get involved in it. So who we are, where we're going, and how people can join us. How do you join us? Well, we've broken this down again into three simple words. Connect, grow, and serve. If you want to be part of the church here at Gateway, these are the three things that we suggest. If you do all three of those, you will really feel a part of this community, and you will not only contribute to it, but you will get the most out of it yourself. Connect, grow, and serve. Connect on a Sunday. When we gather together on a Sunday, we're just connecting. It's just a short time together. We connect with God through worship. We connect with Scripture through the message that's taught. We connect with one another through times when there's prayer ministry available or, or when there's fellowship going on out in the foyer after the service. We connect with coffee beans as we sip our latte. We connect with all kinds of things, but we're just connecting for a short time. But then if you want to go deeper and grow, we say grow in a group whether that's one of our home-based groups that meet in small groups that meet in people's homes, or whether that's here at our community nights on a Wednesday night where we come together and then there's breakout groups available on different topics and subjects that you can study together and so on. We grow in a group and then we say serve on a team. You know, whether it's leading worship or working the media and the lighting or helping in kids' ministry or ushering or being out there in the cafe or wherever it may be, serve some way on a team. And you know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 that God makes the whole body connect together perfectly. Shout connect. It helps the other parts grow. Shout grow. grow. As each part serves. Shout serve. serve. There is right there. Serves in its own special way so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Who are we? We're a church that wants to grow in the way that we love God, in the way that we love others, in the way that we love the gift of life that we are given. Where are we going? Well, we, have, we are currently on a five-year plan, drawing near the end of it, to take us to the end of the year 2020, where we are going to have about a thousand people that regard Gateway as their church. We're going to have over 700 people here regularly on a Sunday. We're going to have 20, at least 20 communities we're going to need to prepare for with different things taking place so that people can find their place. How can you join us? Come on a Sunday. Connect on a Sunday. 
Get involved in a group or community where you can grow and find out what your gifts and abilities and talents are and serve on a team in some way. Those three things are basically our 2020 vision. Now, you may remember that out there uh, on the wall outside in, in the lobby area opposite our kids' check area, we had a globe there for a while and a mission statement. That globe was actually something that was designed by Carl George, the, who was here last, wherever he was, last year, a little bit more, and has been working with us. I got that from one of his books, and we tweaked it slightly. Before I ever met him, I was using it. It is a great way to just encapsulate what the church is about. Well, you may or may not have noticed when you came in that we have tweaked it again to more accurately reflect the wording that we've put here, and we've got an image of it for you. Here it is. You'll see it out there on the wall, our gateway globe. Our gateway globe has three continents. We call them connect, grow, and serve. Connect on Sundays, where the whole church gathers together to connect through modern worship music, prayer, inspired teaching, and fellowship with what that is connecting with one another and with God. And our three main teams that serve on Sundays are our gateway kids, our hospitality, which is our ushers and info desk and cafe and so on, and creative arts, which is our worship team and musicians and technical people. Our second uh, um, continent is called grow, grow in a group. This is where friendships develop and spiritual growth happens in an, in an informal lay-led group. And classes, which meet at the church building, homes and or in cafes. That's our gateway groups, our midweek events, and our Accelerate Youth, which is on Fridays. <laughs> like your people. And then the, the third is serve on a team. That's our third continent, where we provide opportunities for you to serve in one of our ministries or groups, discovering the role which, which suits your own gifts and interests, and our teams and ministries are listed in those connect and grow sections. And of course, the whole gateway globe, we want it to be filled with an atmosphere of prayer. So that is what our gateway vision is. Love God, love people, love life. 20 communities of 20 plus people that gather together in large gatherings by the end of 2020 AD. And you, the way to join us is to connect on a Sunday, grow in a group, serve on a team. All nice, three-worded, little, easy-to-remember things. And let me give you one last little three-worded thing. We're going to watch a video now. You know, there's lots of things that happen at Gateway, but if you want to boil it down into the three things that we emphasize, we emphasize Sundays, Wednesdays for our communities, or Fridays for our youth communities and youth encounter nights. And so let's just look at this little video which will show you what happens here at Gateway on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays.
Everybody shout Sundays, Wednesdays, Fridays. So you need to remember. And so we're going to move on now and look at what we've accomplished since last year and the goals that we are setting for this coming year. So let's have a look back, first of all, at what we have accomplished since last year. We have, like, there are so many things that we could, we could put up here. So we've just put four of them. We're just putting four of them. The first one was the fire upgrade. Now, listen, I, I come from the UK where we talk properly. <laughs> <clears throat> And I am confused in Canada whether you pronounce the R or whether you leave it as it should be with proper grammar, a silent R. Who says foyer and who says foyer? Okay, foyer. We'll stick with foyer. Thank you. So the foyer, I mean, like, I've started calling it the lobby because I'm so confused about, uh, maybe it's Americans that pronounce the R. So foyer upgrade. Do you remember? That was, we had two Vision Sundays last year, and on the first one we said we wanted to upgrade out there with the big video screen and with um, a speaker system and so on for two reasons. One reason is so that what um, is... Uh, you know, when, when we're busy here on a Sunday, that is our overflow area out there as well. And there are always some people, there's probably some looking at me right now, sitting out there, sipping their cappuccino and watching the service on the big screen now and listening to it over the speakers. And that is a great overflow area for us on Sundays. As well as that, as you, if you've never been to one of our midweek Wednesday events, you'll have got a glimpse of them from that video. That is now a fantastic venue where we can do smaller ve- events, like on Wednesday night there, where we had 100 people out here at Equip um, for that special night. And so we, we said we were going to do that, and we did do it. And it was done. That was in the first Vision Sunday. Then on the second Vision Sunday, put the next one up, please. We said that we were going to have a parents' room for nursing mothers to be able to take their babies if they want. Um, I, you know, I know there's, I know there's a big debate on, in, in society about if you're a nursing mother, boobs out or boobs in. I mean, I've seen it all. And they... And people argue on social media really angrily about it. It's really bizarre. But anyway, you can do whichever you want because you have a private room all to yourself now. And not only that, but when you're in the nursing mother's room, there is a, there's a TV screen there and you won't even miss the service. You get to watch the service um, in there as well. And so that is a great uh, benefit and, I, and it's been used so much since we did it. We said that at our second Vision Sunday last year and we have accomplished it. Our third point was the Youth Encounter Weekend. We had a weekend here uh, that Pastor Darian and his team organized. And like the whole weekend was fantastic. But here's the thing I want to share with you. Put the next point up. 25 young people came to faith in Christ at that youth event. Isn't that great? For young people who could be being led down any path in life, finding the only one who can lead them down the right path for their life. And then, last year, baptisms, we have baptisms every year. We will be doing baptisms again a couple of weeks after our Easter service. Last year we baptized, next line, 49 people were baptized last year. 150 people since the 2020 vision started have been baptized. People, that's bigger than some churches. I mean, that is fantastic. These last two lines show us why we have to do the first two. Because God is at work bringing people to faith, bringing them into our church, bringing them to baptism and to be part of the body of Christ, we need to plan ahead and make sure that we have everything in place to make this this a proper spiritual home for people. So that's what we've accomplished since last time. Where are we going this year? Let's have a look at this now. Where are we going this year? 
or between now, certainly, and our next Vision Sunday? Well, we need to continue to work on our our venue, on our premises. And so the first thing we want to do is a kids' room upgrade. Now, the, the kids have a few rooms that they use, but we're talking about the biggest one, which is officially called Classroom 2. It's through that door, and it's the room that's opposite this one. So you know there that that is like our biggest children's ministry room there. We also have the corridor that goes up, which is a little bit tired and untidy looking. And then we have our kid check-in station up at the very top there. We want to refresh and remodel all of that. Our kid check-in place, the corridor that comes down, and classroom too. Now, we don't yet have mock-ups of what we want them to look like. So what we've done is we've taken some photographs from other churches that have done something similar, but these are, we're not going to do exactly what these photographs say. Ours is going to be nicer, even nicer than this, okay? This is just to give you an idea. So if we look at these photos, if you click on the next one, so there's a kid check-in area that could not be clearer, you know? Where do I take my kids, you know? Check-in. Go Kids, that church is called Go Kids. So they go there and there's for first time people and the one for returning people, which will make this a lot better. Then the corridor, we don't want the corridor to just look a mess. We want it to look something like this. We want it to look like a street with shops and houses and like an interesting thing for the kids to come down. And we're going to get that whole corridor done. Of course, these things are going to be done in segments, in stages. And then, you know, one of the things that we're kind of embarrassed about is the state of Classroom 2, because we really promote doing things excellently here and having a very contemporary feel. But the children are not really getting the same experience through there as we are in here. So we want to do up their room as well. Next image, please. So that it is more of, of their own little kids' church through there as well. So we need, they need a new stage, a new platform area, and they need some new tech stuff and all of that through there. Do you know, I think it is worth investing in our children and in their future, don't you? But that takes ka-ching to happen, okay? Right, so that's the first thing, was the kids. Let's go back. So the first one was the kids... Church next, next one, is our community night upgrade. Now, that's not a physical upgrade, but we're getting to a stage now where we are wanting to really emphasize what takes place here on Wednesday nights. Sometimes in the year, we have, we've had our women's encounters taking place on Wednesday nights there in the foyer. Sometimes, like last week, we had our equip nights taking place there. And between that, we have these community nights where we come together and then where we break it out into breakout groups. We've done all sorts of things in these breakout groups. Everything from Alpha course to the Soul Care course to to the Bible, people going through a, uh, a, the Gospels and the Bible project or, or financial peace course, all different things for you to grow in your faith and your understanding of God and also grow in practical life skills and also grow in your relationships with other people as you become part of a community. That's going to become something we emphasize more and more like we did on that video we just showed you, Sundays, Wednesdays. Fridays. Our next one is our Soul Care Weekend. I don't even know if that's a proper name for it, is it? Is Drake in the room? Is it Soul Care Conference? Is that whatever it's called? We're having a weekend anyway where there's going to, it's all going to be about healing and inner healing and deliverance and freedom and so on. Then the next thing we've got coming up is our band are currently preparing to record new music. Some of the songs we sing are, have actually been written by our own band, and they're going to be in the process of getting that recorded and edited and so on, and hopefully by the next Vision Sunday, certainly by the fall sometime, they're going to begin to release their own music. Would it be great that if 
in Bethel Church, Reading, and if Elevation Church, and if Hillsong, the worship leader was saying, this one comes from Gateway Alliance, and wouldn't that be good? You never know. Okay, and then the next thing that we're doing, of course, is we have, our, we have Easter coming up. In just a couple of weeks' time, it's our Easter service. That is the next big day that we have here. And we have a fantastic service planned for Easter. And it's going to be a service which is going to be so well done, it's going to be very comfortable for people that are visitors and are here amongst us. The gospel will be presented very clearly and very tastefully in a way that speaks to people's hearts and lives, and this is an ideal opportunity for you to invite along friends and family. Very often people say, I'm not good at sharing my faith. I'm scared that somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer. And it's really simple. If you're not good at sharing your faith, you only need to be good at one thing, giving somebody an invitation. Come to church. They will hear the message, the good news of Jesus Christ proclaimed here at church. And so again today, on the way out the doors, you will be handed uh, an invitation for our Easter service. Take it. Take two or three. Take 20 or 30 if you want. Invite as many people as you can to this because, you know, we, our goal is, judging by the way our church is being added to, we're going to have about 725 people here. Not because God is going to magically make people who are driving to Walmart say, I suddenly feel strangely drawn to turn the corner and to go, no, because God's going to put a burden on your heart to say, invite that person, invite that person. And you're going to say, hey, you want to come to church with me on Easter? You'll love it. It's a great church. You'll enjoy it. Come on, come and find out what it's all about. So the question becomes, who are you bringing? When you get that invitation in your hand on the way out, you begin to pray and ask yourself, who am I bringing to this? Another little video now about the Easter service, and then I'm coming back up to boldly and confidently talk about money, okay? So, Easter Sunday in two weeks. Next week is Palm Sunday. We've got a great family service planned here. So, money. Okay, I will. $35,000. Now, that might seem like a lot of money to you as an individual, but... Let's just break it down. That would be 35 individuals or married couples or family units giving $1,000 each. That'd be it done. Now, maybe $1,000 sounds like a lot of money to you, but I am pretty sure that in this church, there are 35 people that would be able to do that, that that would not be a big deal for them, especially since their tax return just came in a few days ago. Or that 70 individuals or married couples or families giving $500 each. Or 140 people giving $250 each. Now, I realize that for some people, giving $25 is a stretch. We do not want anybody to go into debt or not pay their bills or not have groceries because they've given money to the church. That is not what this is about. But this is about the fact that we are a family, and this is our family home. And if all of us do what we can do, 
that everything that needs to be done will be done. And so we have asked that we all prayerfully consider how much we can give. And I hope you've seen that what you're giving to is good ground. When, you plant, when a farmer plants a seed, he wants to plant it into soil that the seed will grow and bear fruit. And things are growing here. 25 young people are coming to Christ. Between 35 and 50 people are baptized every year that have come to faith in Christ and, be added, and been added to our church. Our family is growing. We all need to dig a little bit deeper and make sure that we are able to sustain and continue you to be a thriving, healthy, happy, spiritual home here in the city of Edmonton for many years to come. Now, there are different ways you can give. You can give, of course, um, online, and then you don't have any envelope to give, or you, you can give using the envelope, which is on your seat. And if you're giving using the envelope, of course, you can put cash in there, a check, or if you use a debit machine, tear off the receipt and put it in there, write your name so we can give you a a tax receipt at the end of the year. Hey, see when you're giving money to the church, you'll even get a tax rebate at the end of the year. Do you know in the UK, we didn't get that? When you gave money to church, you never saw any of it ever back ever again. In Canada, we have got no excuse. The tax man lets us keep tax receipts and claim money back. I mean, like, do you want us to write the check for you? I mean, what else can we do? I mean, like, everything's laid on a platter. So if you're using the envelope and putting cash, a check, or the receipt in it, the one at the top that says tithe, that is just for whatever your regular offering is. Use the one down the bottom that says other, You can write vision beside it if you want and put it in there. If you want to give in the offering, but you don't have the money to give today, we have pledge cards on our seat, on the seats. And the pledge cards, you can fill in an amount that you want to give and drop that in. And that will be counted in the offering. And um, you have a number of weeks, a few weeks for you to wait to whenever you've got the money, to give the money and to give it in. You know, you can actually do both. You could give money and give a pledge card. That's actually what I'm doing. I had a number on my heart that I felt I should give, and I I put it in the envelope, and I completed the envelope, and then yesterday I had a niggling feeling in my heart, and this morning as I was driving here, I had a niggling feeling in my heart again to also pledge to give some money in a few weeks' time over and above what I'm giving today. And so, there's just a suggestion, okay? Okay. A bold and non-apologetic suggestion, okay? You might want to give, hey, if you want to give 10 times, you can do it if you want. But I want to share a scripture with you. It's in 2 Kings. And here's what it says. It says, King Joash said to the people, collect all the money brought as a voluntary gift to the Lord's temple. Let the priests take some of that money to pay for whatever repairs are needed at the temple. You know, they, were try- they, had, a- they had to upgrade their kids' ministry, and, and uh, they wanted a nursing mother's room. I don't know what they needed in the temple, but they needed to do upgrades in the temple and make sure that everything was functioning well. And so they said, we need lots of voluntary gifts. Then Jehoiada, the priest, bored a hole in the lid of a large chest. I like their thinking, don't you? It wasn't a small box, it was a large chest. For all of the people's contributions, whenever the chest became full, I like this man, don't you? The court secretary and the high priest counted the money that had been brought to the Lord's temple and put it into bags. Then they gave the money to the construction supervisors who used it to pay the people working on the Lord's temple. Oh, look what we have here. (laughs) A large chest. (laughs) 
and I don't even need to bore a large hole in it. It's got a lid. <laughs> hey, there's already offerings in it. I take it these are like the worship team and people that aren't going to be able to do it. There's offerings already in it, but it's not full. <laughs> I want us to take a moment and I want us to pray and I want us to pray for this church. Pray that all of our goals will be met so that we can continue to do the, the, the ministry that God's called us to do without being hindered by thinking about finances and things like that. Pray for the people that God is bringing to our church in the next few weeks and pray for ourselves. And then we're going to take up the offering. What we're going to do is the worship team are going to come back. They're going to lead us in an a upbeat song like some dancing music. You don't have to dance, but you're welcome to dance. Or you can walk very calmly down. I don't care as long as you throw the thing in at the end. Oh, mine missed. <laughs> Put mine in. As long as you throw the thing in at the end. Or if you need to go out and use the, the machine, that's okay. Or can you put that slide up with the, the give thing again? You can give online. You can go on your phone right now and just go to give.ac and that will take you to how you can give online if you want to. But let's just, let's stand first of all. Let's stand together. Let's close our eyes. Come before the Lord. Collect our thoughts together and bring them in unity with one another and before God. Father, we pray today that your spirit would rest upon each one of us. We know that every one of us has a part to play. Our prayers for this church are important. Our service in this church is important. Our invitations to other people to come to this church are important. And our financial offerings and gifts that we bring are important. Every one of us has a part to play. And I pray and ask that you would move upon our hearts and our minds and confirm to us what our part should be in this offering. Give us the faith and the boldness to act upon those inner promptings. And we pray for this church, Lord. We pray that you would continue to bless us. Bless us financially, that we may meet all of our goals and achieve our budget. Bless us numerically as more and more people come to hear the good news and to discover the new life that you have for them. Bless us spiritually as we grow in our faith and as your kingdom comes and your will is done more and more here amongst us as it is in heaven. We commend this church into your hands. It's your church, Lord. We pray that you would work through each of us to make sure every need is met in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said...